Please do have open there. Keep in front of you Revelation chapter 1. We're studying this evening verses 1 to 3. Revelation chapter 1 verses 1 to 3. And our theme this evening simply is, it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. There are two serious mistakes that Christians make when it comes to the book of Revelation. The first mistake is to obsess over Revelation. I remember talking to a couple in one of our other uh, RP congregations. And that, that had been their experience in their previous church. Every single week for years and years. They seemed to get sermons about the rapture and the millennium. And the importance of being ready for Armageddon. Uh, the preacher seemed to be obsessed with what at least he believed was the teaching of this particular book. Last summer, I was helping out with some work in our local community one evening. There were different people from the village involved, and I got talking to a young guy, and as soon as he realized that I was one of the local ministers, he said to me, so do you believe that all this test and trace with COVID is the mark of the beast? And I laughed. I I thought he was joking, but he was completely serious. And for the next half an hour as I talked to him, I could hardly get a word in as he talked about this verse or that verse from Revelation. And he said things like, well, I'm sure you saw in the news what Turkey was saying this week about Israel. And you know what Revelation has to say about that. And, you know, if you look at the way things are shaping up in the Middle East, I really think this is it. You know, we're in the very last days now. Now, just to reassure you, I don't think that the COVID test and trace system is the mark of the beast. That's not why I've decided to preach a series in Revelation. But this fellow had it all figured out, or so he thought. Some people obsess over Revelation. They think it's a puzzle for the really keen, super smart people to solve. And maybe they even start claiming that they know when Jesus is going to come back. Even though Jesus said that no one knows what, when that will be, except for God the Father. But the second mistake you could make with Revelation is to entirely ignore it, simply because it seems too strange and too confusing. Maybe you've read Revelation as part of a Bible reading plan, and while there are things in it that you find interesting or exciting, on the whole, you find it hard to understand. Maybe, if you're honest, you've just found it a bit weird. And there's no doubt that there are things in Revelation that seem very strange and complex to us. But nonetheless, friends, Revelation is the Word of God. It's part of the breathed out, perfect and complete scriptures that God has provided for us. And so whilst we shouldn't obsess over it, certainly not in the ways that I mentioned earlier... And we shouldn't ignore it. Nonetheless, we should seek to understand it and live our lives in light of it. The most important thing to know about it is that Revelation is a book about the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll think more about that more fully in a few minutes, but it has to be said right at the beginning. It's a book that celebrates what Jesus has done, tells us where Jesus is, and reassures us about what Jesus has done And is doing today for his people, the church. One commentator says that the theme of Revelation is the majesty and glory of the warrior lamb. 
King Jesus, who is coming again to rule and reign forever. It's about the majesty and glory of the warrior lamb, King Jesus. And no matter what else we come across in this book, friends, we need to keep the focus on Jesus. We need to keep the focus on Jesus. When you're driving your car, there's a lot you could look at and get distracted by. There are some things that you need to look at, at least a little bit, to help you. There are road signs to keep you going in the right direction. There's your dashboard to tell you how much fuel you have and how fast you're going. You have your mirrors to tell you about any other vehicles in your proximity. You might be going past beautiful scenery and you can have a quick look at that. But if you're the one driving, your main focus must be the road in front of you. And as we read Revelation, we need to keep Jesus the main focus. There will be other things that we need to look at and understand, but we need to keep Jesus central to it all. And so just as this morning we asked a couple of questions about the book of Genesis by way of introduction this evening, I want to ask some questions about the book of Revelation. Uh, Three questions, in fact. First question I want to ask this evening is, what kind of book has God given us in Revelation? What kind of book is it? And actually, the book of Revelation is at least three types of book rolled into one. Some parts of the Bible are poetry, some parts are prophecy, some, some, some books are, are uh, narrative stories. What type of book is Revelation? It's three different types in one. First of all, if you look at verse 1, it tells us, it tells us what type of book it is in verse 1. It says, the revelation of Jesus Christ. The revelation. The word revelation could also be translated apocalypse. Apocalypse. It means revealing something that previously was hidden. Something was kept back. Now it's on full display. And so that's the first type of book, friends, that Revelation is. It's a book that reveals. It's an apocalyptic book. Something has been revealed that until now have been hidden. I really enjoy watching a good movie on a Friday or a Saturday night. But after I've seen a movie, I always want to know, how did they do that? How did they get those shots? How did they film that stunt? And so Hannah and I may have watched a film together. And a week later, I'll be telling her about how such and such a scene was put together. And usually she's not very interested. But I'm really interested. And and for some films, you can easily find out how they did it because if you go online you can watch behind the scenes videos uh, or some of us a long time ago bought things called DVDs and some of the DVDs came with behind the scenes bonus features and the behind the scenes videos reveal to you they show you how the directors and producers of the movie did it and that's what this first word of revelation means It's telling us that it's a book that takes us behind the scenes and reveals things that were hidden. But the way that Revelation reveals things to us is, of course, unique. It reveals things to us through pictures and symbols. 
This type of apocalyptic book was very popular in Jewish culture in the first century AD. Uh, Jewish authors would write books and they would name them after famous Jewish figures like Abraham or Moses. And they would fill them with pictures and symbols similar and sometimes to what you would find in the Old Testament. And these books would usually predict the triumph of the Jewish people over their enemies. They would be stories about great warriors fighting beasts or heroic Jewish figures defeating the nations of the world uh, like the, the Greeks or the Romans. Revelation isn't exactly like that but it is a bit like that. It's full of symbols and images. For example, Jesus is described over and over again as the lamb. The devil, Satan, is described several times as a dragon. The church is described as candles or lamps on a lampstand. There are particular numbers that you find repeated in Revelation, particularly the number seven, which is a number symbolizing wholeness or completeness in the Bible. So friends, Revelation is a revealing book. It's going to tell us very important things, but it's going to tell us those things in pictures and symbols, which we'll have to study and think about carefully to understand. And so what type of book is it? Firstly, it's a revealing book. But secondly, Revelation is a prophecy. It's a prophecy book. Look at chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of what? Of this prophecy. The book of Revelation is described as a prophecy seven times. There's the number seven already. Uh, A huge portion of our Bibles, of course, is made up of books written by prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and many others. What did prophets do? Prophets declared what God said. They declared the word of God. They were sent to God's people and they said, Thus says the Lord. Not thus says Isaiah or thus says Jonah, but thus says the Lord. And whatever God said, the people were to listen and they were to obey. And so prophets weren't just sent with interesting information. They were sent to tell God's people what God said and how they should respond. Some people tend to think of prophecy as only about things that will happen in the future. Some people, you know, talk about a prophecy being something about the future. And it's certainly true that sometimes prophecy in the Bible is about things that will happen in the future. But actually, friends, far more often, prophecy is God telling us what he wants us to do here and now. Think of the prophet Jonah, for example. What was the message that he was supposed to go and preach in Nineveh? He was supposed to go and tell the people, repent immediately, now. Otherwise, God will punish you for your sins. Likewise, Revelation is prophecy. It's telling us what God wants us to know, not just about the future, but about the present, about the situation in our lives today and how he wants us to respond. So Revelation is a revealing book. It's a book of prophecy. And lastly, Revelation is a letter. It's a letter. 
Look at verse 1 again. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants the things that must soon take place. Who are God's servants? They're believers. The church of Jesus Christ. Then look on down at verse 4. Verse 4. John to the seven churches that are in Asia. And as we'll see over the next few weeks, Revelation was originally addressed to these seven local congregations located in what is now the land of western Turkey. But those seven churches, again notice the number, they represent all churches, all the people of Jesus Christ at all times. And so friends, what we're being told right at the beginning is that Revelation is for you and me and for all of us who call ourselves servants of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're someone who loves the Lord Jesus, your trust is in him for the forgiveness of your sins, and you want to serve him and follow him, then Revelation is a letter from Jesus to you. And you don't need to have gone to Bible college to understand it, or to be encouraged by it, or to read it at all. Because if you're a servant of Jesus then you have the spirit of Jesus in you to help you understand it and obey it. And yes, there are some things in this book that are hard to understand. But that doesn't mean that we should just ignore it. It's a letter from Jesus to his people. So surely we will want to make every effort to understand what it says. Just like we would want to understand anything that anybody that we love and respect has to say. Uh, They might say some hard things. We might not fully understand them. But if we love them and we respect them, we want to understand them. This is a letter written to the people of Jesus Christ. The servants of Jesus Christ. And that gives me an opportunity to ask you this evening. Do you describe yourself as a servant of Jesus Christ? Do you know him? Do you love him? And is your life dedicated to serving him? Uh, The great songwriter Bob Dylan wrote a song once called Gotta Serve Somebody. So we were thinking this morning when we talked about worship, we're all serving, worshipping someone or something. Whether we admit it or not, there is something within us that goes out to worship We serve our work, we serve our hobbies, we serve our loved ones. Many people simply serve themselves. Are you a servant of Jesus Christ? Do you belong to him? Do you trust in him? Do you submit to him? Do you love him? If you do, he has important things to say to you in this wonderful book, Revelation, that we're going to study. So what kind of book has God given us? Well, he's given us a revealing book, a prophetic book, and he's given us a book that is a letter. But secondly, what or who is this book all about? What, or we perhaps should say who, is this book all about? And as I've said already, the answer is very simple. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus And of course, I don't mean that every single detail of Revelation is all about Jesus. The beast isn't Jesus. The church isn't Jesus. The angels aren't Jesus. 
But what I'm saying, friends, is that Jesus is the main focus and point of revelation. Everything relates back to Jesus one way or another. Just as your main focus as you drive your car is the road in front of you, though there may be other things that you need to look at as well. One writer says very simply, as Jesus is the focus of the whole Bible, so he is the focus of this book. And this is where people go so badly wrong with Revelation. They take their focus off Jesus. People latch on to things like the mark of the beast and the number 666 and trying to figure out whether the nation state of Israel today has anything to do with the end of the world. And they just end up making a mess. What happens when someone is driving their car and gets distracted by something around them? They could end up crashing the car. They need to keep their focus on the road. And as we read this book, we need to keep our focus on Jesus. Many, many, many things we could say about this. But just to highlight two things to you. And these will be themes that we will see all the way through the book. Two things that Revelation tells us about Jesus. First of all, Revelation tells us that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. Revelation tells us that Jesus fulfills the Old Testament. A Jewish Christian reading the book of Revelation in the first century wouldn't have found it anywhere near as strange as we do. Because that Jewish Christian would have seen that Revelation is packed full of the same kinds of symbols and pictures as we find in the Old Testament. There are 404 verses in the book of Revelation. In those 404 verses, one writer has counted up 285 direct references to the Old Testament. 200, that's more than, that's well over one per verse. There are well over 500 indirect references to the Old Testament in Revelation. Quite simply, friends, if we want to understand Revelation better, we should try to understand the Old Testament better. And pay the Old Testament more attention than many Christians do today. The books of Daniel, Isaiah, Ezekiel and the Psalms are especially important to the book of Revelation. They're the most frequently quoted, though many other books are referred to as well. And so if you're wondering what would be the best worship songs to sing during a sermon series in Revelation. Well the answer is the Psalms. It's one of the most quoted books in Revelation. John refers to Jesus Christ three times. He refers to that title Jesus Christ three times in Revelation 1 verses 1 to 15. In the rest of the book, John, Jesus is referred to as the Lamb, the Lamb, more frequently than by any other name or title. And that in itself echoes back and Reminds us of the Old Testament. Just as the Israelites mark Passover every year with a lamb slain and sacrificed. So Revelation tells us that Jesus is the lamb that was sacrificed for our sins. Revelation chapter 5 verse 12 says. Worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. At the very end of the book, chapter 22, verse 16, 
Jesus says, I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. He's described in chapter 5, verse 5, as the lion of the tribe of Judah. These are all Old Testament descriptions of the coming, promised, prophesied Messiah, the King and Saviour of God's people. And friends, Revelation shows us from beginning to end that Jesus is the fulfilment of the Old Testament. Revelation also tells us that Jesus is risen and reigning. Jesus is risen and reigning. Queen Elizabeth II is our reigning monarch. She's the head of state. She's at the very top of the tree. But unlike our queen, who really is just in a figurehead position, Revelation shows us that Jesus Christ is in full and complete control of all that is going on in our world. Look at chapter 1, verse 5. Chapter 1, verse 5. Grace to you from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. The firstborn, the risen, the first one to rise from the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth. Quite simply, friends, John is emphasizing to us that Jesus is alive. He's alive, and he is ruling and reigning over all. In verse 2, John describes himself as a witness of Jesus Christ. You might remember that John was one of the few of Jesus' disciples who was there at the moment that Jesus died on the cross. John was one of the first people to see Jesus' empty tomb. And John was there when Jesus, back from the dead, came and, and spoke with his disciples and even ate breakfast on the beach with his disciples. John was also there when Jesus ascended back into heaven. And now as John receives this revelation, this vision of Jesus, he's an old man. Decades have passed. The church is beginning to take shape and and spread across the world. But it's getting hard and it's getting difficult. And people are wondering, is Jesus really risen? Is Jesus really ruling? Is Jesus really coming back? And yet here Jesus appears to John on the tiny island of Patmos. And the risen reigning Jesus reassures John and reassures all his people. I'm still in control. Nothing is happening to you and nothing will happen to you that I don't know about. That's out of my hands. I am your ruling and reigning and risen king. The Roman Empire isn't in charge The Jews and the pagans beginning to attack you and put pressure on you. They aren't in charge. The false teachers trying to get in in the church aren't in charge. I'm in charge. I'm ruling and reigning over all, says Jesus. And friends, don't we need to be reminded of exactly the same thing today? It's so easy to get distracted. To take our eyes off Jesus And in doing so, just as would happen if you take your eyes off the road for too long, we swerve off into problems, unbelief, doubts, anxieties, frustrations. Because we don't keep our eyes on the Lamb on his throne, ruling and reigning and in control. And this is one of the main reasons that 
Uh, I choose to preach on Revelation as I begin my ministry here in Dremore because in the midst of our world of more uncertainty than ever, we need to lift our gaze away from the COVID statistics and the latest restrictions and the latest frustrations and we need to fix our eyes on the throne of Jesus Christ. It's all about him, friends. And so make it your prayer that in the weeks ahead we will come away from Revelation with more love, more thankfulness, more understanding of the Lamb of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Pray that our time in Revelation each week will fill your heart and mind with him so that as you pray with and for your family and as you interact with your colleagues and as you battle illness and as you wait for lockdown to be over, that you will do all those things with gratitude in your heart for the king who is on his throne and for the great plan that he is working out in your life and in our world. We've thought about what type of book Revelation is. We've thought about what Revelation is all about. And thirdly and finally this evening, I think I've answered this question somewhat already, but just in case there are any lingering questions, why read this book? Why read this book? Why does God want us to read this book? Well, the introductory words give us two reasons to read this book. First of all, because of the blessing that God promises. The blessing that God promises. Look at chapter 1, verse 3. Chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear. And who keep what is written in it. How encouraging is that friends. God tells us here at the very beginning. Philip and Woody as he publicly reads Revelation to Dremore RP Church each week. He'll be blessed. And it is a blessing to read and study God's word for you. And Dremore RP Church as you listen and obey these words you will be blessed. God promises a blessing for us as we read and listen to this book. That word blessing appears, guess how many times in Revelation? Seven. And of course it's a word that appears hundreds of times throughout the Bible. What does it mean? It means that if you read, listen to and obey God's word, you will find your life's purpose. You will know peace you will know the truth. You will know joy. Even in the midst of the suffering and difficulty of life in this world. Psalm 1 verse 1 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk where wicked men would guide his feet, but who makes God's word his chief delight. And God says essentially the same thing to us here at the beginning of Revelation. That as we read these words, as we make them our study and our delight and the focus of our attention, we will be richly blessed. Why? Because as we've just thought, we'll be focusing on Jesus. We'll be understanding more of the great salvation he has given us. We'll be seeing more clearly and in more depth the the great victory that he has and will declare over Satan and sin and death. In a world of hurt and sorrow, Revelation will comfort us by Jesus our shepherd. 
In a world of frustrating uncertainties, Revelation will give us reassurance that Jesus is in control. In a world of disappointments and defeats, Revelation will cause us to see that we are more than conquerors through Jesus, our Lamb, who is victorious. But notice, friends, the blessing doesn't just come from reading or hearing this book. It comes from keeping what is written here, from obeying this book. That's what he says there in verse 3. Blessed are those who read aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it. And again, this is where people go wrong in their handling of Revelation and and indeed with the rest of the Bible as well. They treat it as just a source of information. Information to win arguments or to appear smarter than somebody else. Revelation is not just for information, it's for transformation. Revelation should transform how we look at this world. Revelation should transform how we react to the headlines in our nightly news. Revelation should transform how we pray. Because uh, we are to pray, uh, Jesus has taught us to pray that your kingdom come, your will be done. Revelation should impact how we handle temptation. Revelation should impact how we think about our own lives in light of the coming of Jesus Christ. This is a book, friends, to be obeyed. And like the rest of the Bible, blessing comes in the path of obedience. What's your attitude as you hear any part of God's word read and preached? Do you listen to it so that you can obey it? Or do you listen to it really just out of some sense of routine? Some desire to spend time in a church building or do churchy things or try to gain God's approval? This book is not just here to entertain us. It's not here to satisfy all the the fascinations and obsessions that we might have. It's here for us to hear it and obey it. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. Blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written. So we're to read this book for the blessing that God promises. And finally this evening we're to read this book because of the warning that God gives The warning that God gives. Why are we to read this book aloud and hear it and obey it? What incentive is there to obey it? Well, look at the very end of verse 3. The time is near. The time is near. And if you look back at verse 1, John says this revelation was given him by Jesus Christ to show his servants the things that must soon take place. The things that must soon, or it could also be the things that will quickly take place. Now this is very important, especially when you compare it to what we read earlier in Daniel chapter 2. You remember Daniel told Nebuchadnezzar that this dream from God was about things that would happen in the latter days, meaning a long time in the future. And towards the end of the book of Daniel, he is told to store up his prophecy, to keep it to himself, at least for now. But to John, Jesus says, the things I'm going to tell you will take place quickly, very soon. 
And at the end of Revelation, John is not told to seal up and keep the words of Revelation. He is told not to seal them up. He is told to share them far and wide. So what's changed between uh, the days of Daniel and the days of John? Well, quite simply, friends, what had changed between Daniel's day and John's day was that Jesus had come. And Jesus had announced the coming of the kingdom of God. That kingdom that we saw prophesied and promised in Daniel chapter 2. Jesus says it is at hand. Mark chapter 1.15. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand Jesus said. And by the time of revelation not only has Jesus announced the kingdom. But he had died. He had risen. And he had ascended back into heaven. And the warning of the book of Revelation is Jesus is coming again soon. He's coming again soon. There's nothing else that needs to be done. Jesus has lived. He has died. He has risen. He has ascended. He has sent out his church. The church is going and has been going for 2,000 years to all the nations of the world. Satan and his demons are fighting against us. But someday soon, Jesus Christ will return. He will end it all. He will judge the living and the dead. He will bring in the new heavens and a new earth. And he will enjoy life with his people forever in his kingdom. It will happen soon. The question is, the warning is, are you ready for that? Are you ready to see Jesus face to face? The time is near. It will happen soon. And again as Christians this should impact every part of our lives. It should impact how we pray. Jesus has taught us to pray your kingdom come. We're to pray especially for the mission of the church and the spread of the kingdom. Because the time is near. This should impact our witness. We should witness all the more urgently and regularly because the time is near. It should impact our response to all the ups and downs of life, however painful or frustrating it gets. We know it won't last forever, friends. We know that the time is near. This is revelation. This is the grand, glorious revealing Of Jesus Christ and his kingdom. That we're going to study together God willing. Right at the end of our Bibles friends. God pulls back the curtain. He takes us behind the scenes. He shows us the the spiritual war that's happening in our world. But he shows it to us from the perspective of King Jesus on his throne. He shows us why we don't need to be afraid. (coughs) He shows us why... We need to listen and hear and keep what we find in this book. And why we need to repent and be ready to see Jesus. Because friends, the time is near. Amen.